Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. And we're going to now start four weeks of interviews. Exactly, that's the correct response. We're going to do four weeks of interviews. Um, now, the reason we're doing this is testimony is such such a powerful way um, of, of learning about the way that God works. It's an incredibly practical way to engage with God, what God wants to teach us um, in this series. And we've got some amazing guests who are lined up. Um, now, I, I know we did kind of advertise this as The Couch, which is a regular segment that we, we run every year in, in, as we go into winter. One of the, one of the things we realised is we, if we, we're sitting on couches here, then no one's really going to be able to see. Um, so it's going to be called The Stools <laughs> tonight. <laughs> All the nurses are like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking of, but I'm thinking of these. <laughs> I'm really not... Yeah, it's all right. I'm just going to push swiftly on because I don't get awkward. Others do. Um, so, but um, the whole idea is, so you know when, um, you know when you go over to someone's house, right? And you, you kind of start in the kitchen, you have some cheese and crackers while you finish making food. And then you sit down at the table um, and you have your food. And then um, once you finish dessert, you kind of like, you, you put the kettle on, you go and sit on the couch. And that's where like the really good good conversations happen. So what we're trying to recreate is we're trying to recreate that moment um, on stools. <laughs> um, so, because it, it's, you know, it's better than standing. So um, we've got two amazing guests tonight. Um, I'm really excited. They both come in from other communities of Northridge. So first up, can we have an absolutely thunderous round, evening community round of applause for Sarah Starr. <laughs> You can have the first class stool, it has the back. And I'm going to sit on the other stool, which doesn't. And hopefully I don't fall off, that would be embarrassing. If I do fall off the stool, just wait for me to get back up. Is that on? Yes, oh good. I can hear you. Um, Now I'm going to have my phone open because that's where the the questions are written. So I'm not scrolling through Facebook, um, just for your benefit. Um, Although Phil posted something fun, so I thought that joke could go better. Um, I'm going to just cut straight into the interview so I don't embarrass myself further. Sarah Starr, can you tell us your full name and who lives in your house? So my full name is Sarah Elizabeth Starr. Very strong. And there are four people living in my house. Um, My husband, Andrew, who also pastors the Hornsby community with me. And we have two kids, Lily, who is... Eight, almost nine, as she would say, and Aiden, who is seven. And you guys are so much fun to hang out with. Thank you. Kids are awesome, as is Andy and you. Um, so we're going to do something called the rapid fire round now. So basically, I'm going to. This is you. Sounds scary. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so I'm going to ask you a few um, controversial theological questions. Okay. No, they're not theological. <laughs> I'm going to ask you some uh, some kind of fun, simple questions. Right. You have to go with your gut answer because we want to get to know the real Sarah Star. So the warm-up question is, what's your favourite colour? Purple. Okay. Dogs or cats? Cats. 
We'll pray for you later. <laughs> beach. I made that joke last year and you guys still all laughed. Um, beach holiday or snow holiday? Beach. Definitely oh. beach. Uh, favorite local takeout? Thai. Yeah. Is I, there like, a pic- I like Absolute Thai at Hornsby. Absolute Thai mm. in Hornsby. Excellent spot. Jen and I went on our first date to Absolute Thai in Hornsby, Jeez. actually. Yeah. Oh. That's where it all started. Good things. Um, no, it's not about us at all. Thanks, Jen, um, for calling me out in front of our whole church community. Um, are you a morning or a night person? Sorry? Morning or night person? Ah, so I think I'm naturally a night person, but since I got married, I had to become a morning person because I was married to a morning person. And also when you have children, there's also, you don't have any choice anymore. So I'd say I'm now a morning person. You've been converted. That's awesome. Um, And final question, which is a bit more Sarah Star specific. What's your favorite word or phrase in Russian? the word atkrivashka, which is the word for can opener in Russian. <laughs> I don't know why I like that word. It sounds really satisfying to say and I'm not going to attempt to reproduce it. <laughs> yeah, oh, look, there's, there's many satisfying words and phrases in Russian. It's, now, it's we'll, find out, we'll find out later how Sarah knows that. Um, so, what does a typical week... That's the end of the rapid fire round, by the way, so you're safe. Good, I survived. You made it through. It's all good. Um, what does a typical week look like for Sarah Star? Uh, right. So, I, I do two jobs. So, one of them is I'm a bookkeeper one day a week, um, which I actually see as my kind of day off. I just, I catch the train, I go into an office, it's all peaceful, the numbers all do what I tell them to. It's great. Um, really? And then I also um, work uh, for church. So, I do that a few days a week and then I do picking up kids, dropping off kids, driving kids places, uh, all the domestic things, hanging out with people. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Now, I bet there's a bunch of people who are trying to work out why you know the Russian word for can opener. So, you spent a lot of your adult life not in Australia. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. Um, So, uh, as soon as I finished uni, um, Andrew and I, we were already already married at the time, um, went to Kazakhstan. So, God had called him when he was in high school to go to Kazakhstan. And for me, when I was uh, trying to work out what on earth to do with uni and my life, um, God spoke to me about studying Russian. So, we went to Kazakhstan when we were in our early 20s and stayed there for 12 years, um, having lots of great adventures. Um, so, we we worked with... Uh, So, we worked with an organisation called Crossroads, which some people may have heard of in Hong Kong. And we set up that organisation, grew it up, added lots of other extra things to it, um, discipled a whole bunch of local Christians to to take it on. And then, at the end of 12 years, handed it over to them. And it's still going today. So, in case you don't know, they speak Russian in Kazakhstan. It's part of the former, it was a part of the Soviet Union. Um, they also speak Kazakh. It's, yeah, it's a crazy place, but it's good. Now, the, the next question, if you're new or visiting tonight, um, you, might, you might take a bit of explanation. So, as Northridge Vineyard Church, um, the church on the whole, we have three communities. Um, um, we have a morning community and an evening community that meet here. You're at the evening community, just in case you needed a reminder. Um, and we also have a Hornsby community that meets Sunday mornings uh, in Hornsby at Studio Arts on Jersey Street, which is very awesome. Um, so Sarah and Andrew pastor the Hornsby community. So what you've done in pastoring uh, the Hornsby community is effectively planning 
a brand new church under the Northridge banner. What made you want to do that? Um, a few things. Uh, so, one thing, when we, when we moved back from Kazakhstan, one of the questions that I had for God was, does anyone ever become a Christian anymore? And that sort of started this whole journey for, for me and for Andrew of uh, trying to work out how on earth you tell people about Jesus in, in this time and place. Um, so we kind of had that going on. At the same time, we really felt like God had sent us back from Kazakhstan, not just to kind of say, oh, good, we've ticked off the mission thing. Now we can just sort of put our feedback and feet up, sorry, and kind of cruise on with life, um, but because he had something else for us to do. So we were sort of in this process of asking God, why, why are we here? You know, it's, it's clear that we are meant to be in Sydney. What on earth are we supposed to be doing here? Um, at the same time, Andrew and I sort of had this funny conversation one evening where we said to each other, what, what is it that when we're in our, you know, 80s in the nursing home, we're going to be, you know, hobbling around together and, and saying to one another, gee, I wish we'd had a go at, at that. And for both of us, the answer was church planting. Um, so, and at the same time as all that going on, everywhere, it felt like everywhere we, we went, God was speaking to us about harvest, that he has a harvest, that he has a harvest of people in this area who are ready to, to come to faith in Jesus. And so we sort of thought, well, if, we, if there's going to be a harvest, we're going to need more church communities. We're going to need more, more churches to help disciple all those people. Um, and, and I don't know, I guess we just love Northridge so much that when the opportunity came up to stay as part of Northridge and also church plant, we were like, yes. So good. How good is God? Um, so, how's it going for you? And do you have any cool stories you want to share? Yes. Um, so, how's it going? Well, I would say it's it's a mixed bag. So, it's definitely been an adventure. Um, I was thinking about what to say in answer to that question because I did know Chris would ask it. Um, and the thing that came to mind is the, the bit from The Lord of the Rings where it says, the quest stands on the edge of a knife. Um, so, I feel like we have seen, like, God do some amazing things over the past year or so. Um, we are currently in the middle of running our fourth Alpha course. And, yeah, I'm really excited for you guys kicking off tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing all the stories that come out of that. But as we have, um, as we have run Alpha courses, we have, um, yeah, just seen God step in in amazing ways. So I'll tell you the story of one one person in our community. Um, I w used to, some, as I walk back to my car after dropping my kids off at school, um, a couple of times I chatted to, um, to a, another mum who was also walking the same direction. And one time we, um, I don't think we even knew each other's names, but she asked me what I did for work and so I told her all about church and she gave me this really positive response and I thought, oh, okay cool. Um, and then you don't actually have much time to talk when you're just walking back to your car. It's only, you know, a few minutes. So then, then she went off and I actually didn't see her for another th three months or so. And 
just as we were getting ready to launch one of our alpha courses, she was just on my heart to um, to find, but I didn't know her name. I didn't even know who her child was or what class her child was in. Certainly no idea where she'd lived or any, you know, contact details. Um, so I literally um, just sort of stalked <laughs> on the street where <laughs> we had walked together a couple of afternoons after school until one day I finally found her walking along the street and so I sort of jumped out of my car and we... Um, chatted together as we walked up to school. I tried to make it look all very natural. Um, but it was, it was only one week to go till Alpha. So I, I sort of <laughs> said, you know, I don't really know you, but we had this conversation about church before and I was wondering if you want to come to this. Um, and it turned out that she was actually really deeply into New Age, like not just dabbling, but like very, very deeply into New Age beliefs. And um, a bunch of obstacles came up to her actually getting to Alpha, like wacky things like the car just breaking down that day or her husband getting held back at work. But anyway, she, she came to Alpha um, and while she was in the process of doing Alpha, she just had this very powerful encounter with Jesus, not actually during an Alpha session at, at home by herself. She said she was just on the floor in the kitchen weeping and repenting. Um, and she's now like just all in with Jesus, um, which is exciting. And her hubby, her hubby's doing Alpha now as well, which is great. So, yeah. So we've seen, um, you know, we have uh, we have seen a bunch of people come to faith in Jesus, which has been really exciting. Um, and at the same time, I think it's been probably harder work than anything else I've ever done. Just the continually putting yourself out there, trying to connect with new people, invite people to things, um, build relationship with people. Um, so I feel like our, our team who is with us, who are awesome, uh, it's, you know, it's a real stretching thing for us. We're all stretched in what we're doing. But at the same time, we're seeing good things, so it's okay and it's worth it. Um, but the community still feels small and, and fragile. But you know, it's, it's like that thing, it's, it's, it's on the edge and we're just trusting Jesus that he's got a future for it. Well, thanks for being so honest about <laughs> that. <laughs> um, what would you say to anyone who feels that little tug from God that maybe church planning is a part of their future? Um, yeah, I would say go for it. <laughs> um, I think church planting, I feel like I have entered into an intimacy with Jesus that I have never had before. And the reason for that is because when you want to build an intimate relationship with someone, I think getting in touch with what really matters to them, what what really stirs their heart and then joining them in that and connecting with them in that, it just brings this whole new kind of intimacy and relationship. And I feel like as um, as we have, you know, sought to go with Jesus out into the community and, um, you know, go, go with him looking for lost sheep, basically, I have just found this whole new level of intimacy with God, um, which really surprised me, actually, <laughs> but it's, it's been really precious. So I think... You know, all mission with God is a wonderful adventure. It's a way that we just get to know Him and 
um, and, a, and a way that we can just enter into what, what matters to God, what he's passionate about and let that shape us and, and transform us and um, yeah, just bring us into this deeper relationship. So yes, church planting, awesome, do it, it's good. That's amazing, that's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? I won't tell anyone. <laughs> No, I thought you were going to say something positive, but I, I just, I didn't expect you to say that it's actually brought you closer to Jesus. I just think that's really wonderful. And that's a testament to the way that you guys do it, so, which is really cool. Um, so just to bring it full circle, so this series is called Life on a Mission. And I, I guess what we're trying to do is we're trying to break this idea down that mission is just something you go and do. And it, and it can be that, but it, it, it's not just something that you go to a different country. Now, you have done that. You have gone and spent 12 years living in a foreign country doing mission. Um, and so what does this phrase, life on mission, look like for you? What does it mean? Well, I think it looks like three things for me at the moment. So the first one is uh, believing what Jesus said more than my experience. So just this week um, I was reading, I'm just reading through John at the moment, and I read the section where Jesus says, um, open your eyes, can't you see the harvest? The harvest is huge. But that's often not our experience, right? Like we may have tried to share about Jesus with some friends, we may have tried to invite people to church and we're like, the harvest isn't plentiful, there's like no one who's interested. But I think um, in various spheres of our life, actually, God calls us to believe his word over our experience. And I think it's definitely like that with mission. So just believing God that even though, I mean, we're starting to see this little trickle now of people coming to faith, but I believe that there's a flood to come. But that takes a lot of faith, actually, to go, I'm going to believe that more than I believe my experience. Um, second thing it looks like is sowing a lot of seeds. Um, you know, when Jesus talks about the parable of the sower, he, the sower is out there just scattering seed everywhere, even on places that don't look logical, like a path, right? Um, because the thing is, we just, you just don't know where a seed is going to take root in someone's life. Um, so what do I mean by scattering seed? I mean just seeking to build connection and relationship with all sorts of different people, praying for people, um, you know, like praying with them, for them, but also just, you know, interceding for, for people who, who you meet and looking for little opportunities to talk about Jesus. Um, I'll tell you one quick, cool story. So um, two years ago when my kids first started going to um, the local school in Hornsby, uh, one of the other, one of my daughter's friend's mums who I met there um, I just had this real, she was just really on my heart to pray for. And so I was, I, I prayed for her quite a lot and I would chat with her occasionally, but our conversations didn't really go anywhere. Um, and so I thought, oh, well, that's a bit weird. Okay, well, I've, I've prayed for her. All right. And then we sort of, um, our paths didn't actually cross that much after a few months. Um, about a year and a half after that, her and her husband and kids just turned up at church one Sunday morning. We didn't invite them. They just invited themselves. Um, and, and then they, I think they, they, they kind of were coming because they thought, um, oh, church seems like a fun thing for kids. Like they didn't really have a church background. Um, and 
And then as they came, they just saw this peace in other people and they're like, we want that, you know. So they have been, that, that couple, the husband and wife, have been doing al- are doing Alpha right now and they just both had this powerful experience of the Holy Spirit about a week or two ago, which I think Chris shared about, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, during Alpha one evening, I just shared with her about how she had been on my heart to pray for when I first met her. And she was just blown away by that, you know, by the way that that seed of me just praying for her had taken root in her life in ways that she didn't expect and has now just totally, totally changed her life. Um, So, yeah, so sowing seeds is another thing I do. And then I guess just um, being very intentional. You know, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and God will take care of everything else. But I think living on mission, you do actually have to be very intentional. It's kind of about putting aside my agenda, even just for my day, and saying, God, what do you want me to do? Like, for me, it would be much more convenient to just drop my kids at the school gate and keep on driving. But um, I feel like, actually, no, God wants me to park my car, walk up to school, sometimes hang around for 10 minutes just feeling kind of awkward with nobody to talk to um, because sometimes there will be an opportunity, sometimes there will be a conversation. Um, And so, you know, for, for Andrew and I, I feel like trying to live on mission has caused us to rearrange so many things in our lives, like we moved house, we changed the school our kids went to, we've changed jobs, we've totally restructured what we do in our week. And I'm not saying it will be like that for everybody, but I do think seeking the kingdom first will be disruptive for us because God has a different, he has a different plan, a different agenda for each one of us. Um, So I think, yeah, it's just having that openness and not just about the big things, also about the really little things like about what am I going to do today or who should I try to have coffee with this week or, um, yeah. So good. All right, we're going to do two more things, which I didn't tell you about. Uh, the first one is, are we allowed to come and visit Hornsby? Yes, please come and visit. Since you all like come to church in the evening, <laughs> feel free to come on a Sunday morning. Um, so in our community, we have quite a few new Christians and we, still have some, we have some people who come as well who don't know Jesus yet. And for us, actually, just having some people full of faith and love and the Holy Spirit in the room with us, it, it actually makes a huge difference. So yeah, mm. we, we would love you to come and visit, come and help us pray for people, disciple people, just share life with people. So good. I've been to visit um, these guys at Hornsby four times now, and it's just so much fun. It's just, it's such a, it's so energizing um, going into a room full of people who are basically all still working out Jesus. Mm. Um, It's so much fun. So the second thing um, is, I think, so Jen and I get to work with you guys in the office. We get to see how you work, and we sort of watched you from the point of, oh, maybe we should plant this community to planning a community um and to and just seeing it grow um and i think the way you guys do that is is incredible and i think very godly and so we're really inspired by how you guys do that so we just want to as jen and i but also as our whole community we just want to say that we're for you um we stand with you um and our heart is to see the kingdom just breaking in the most incredible ways in your community so Thank you. So let's pray for these. uh, Well, we'll pray for Sarah, but we'll pray for the whole Hornsby community. Just stretch out a hand if you are happy doing that. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for for the gift um, that Andy and Sarah are um, to this church. Lord, thank you that um, even even if they don't get a lot of visibility um, when we're here um, 
on a Sunday evening or a Sunday morning that these guys are just they're out there they're doing the stuff they they're living a lot they're living lives in mission and so Lord we just pray for um for growth in their community Lord we want to pray that solid mature Christians would come who can help um disciple people Lord we want to pray that people can continue to meet you for the first time in Hornsby community and just Lord bless and abundantly um bless everything that they do in Jesus name Amen Amen Woo Thank you so much Sarah so good now i'm going to stay sitting uh but we have uh our next guest uh is a, a wonderful wonderful man uh actually you know what i'm gonna let you introduce yourself mike tozer where are you come on up good to see you mate here you go that's now that's actually my favorite microphone and i was using it but when the battery thing happened wow. it means that you get to have my favorite microphone wow so that's want to swap no, no, it's, it's all right. We're, oh, we're all about um, loving through giving. And, you know, I think when there's a great cost involved, it just it means a lot more. So hope you enjoy awesome. that. Thank so I'm just going to pull my notes up because I went off script at the end a little bit there. Um, so first of all, can you tell us your full name and who lives in your house? Sure. Um, this is on, right? This yeah, yeah. Microphone? Good. Uh, so my full name is Michael John Andrew Tozer. Ooh. Two uh, middle so names. Some people say two middle names. I like to say two names either side of the middle. Oh, so okay. Oh, much better. And who lives in my house? Yes. Um, currently, it is me, my wife, and my two kids, Hannah and Josiah. Um, but only for the next two weeks is about to move house. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah. We, we often walk past these guys' place because they live just around the corner from us, and it's our normal like um, morning walk route. So there you go. There's a bit more information than you all needed to know. Um <laughs> Okay, so I'm also going to subject you to the rapid fire round, which I didn't sure. prepare you for. So, um, and they're different questions. So if you've thought about oh. what I asked Sarah, oh shucks. <laughs> um, I will give you the first one free. Favorite color? Blue. Blue. Ah, oh, good. Me too. Uh, what's the current TV series that you're watching? Uh, I've watched very little TV, but I just been watching Employable Me. Ah, oh, okay. Which is on the ABC. Ah, that ties in very well with uh, what we're talking about tonight. Um, what is a country that you would love to visit that you haven't visited before? Oh, a friend of mine's in Egypt right now, and I'm like, I'd love to go to Egypt one day. That would be very cool. I've always wanted to go to Egypt as well. Uh, favorite local takeout? I uh, also like the Thai, but uh, we just tried a, a um, Texan barbecue place. I've not been to. We got it delivered. Oh, it was amazing. Is that the one that's like on Somewhere the Pacific Highway? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. I'll have to check. I've been meaning to check it out for ages, but never gone there. Yeah, okay. All right, we got and enough. Last month up. I was in Texas. Yeah. And it was like, it was up there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Well, everyone in the community needs to go there, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've learned from tonight. Um, and so, uh, final question, just out of the blue fastest marathon time? Two hours, 44 and 17 seconds. Whoa. Exactly, that's the correct answer. I didn't mean to embarrass you. It makes you. sense if you probably if you run marathons or if you're a runner. Yeah, if you're not a runner, that is very fast, very fast. But I did walk for a bit. That's my that's my confession. Well, <laughs> if you still manage that time <laughs> while you walk for a bit, I'm impressed. Um, so that's the end of the rapid fire round. You made it. You're still here. Um, what does a typical week look like for Mike Tozer? Um. Interesting question. Given that I work with very untypical people, yep. 
and I'm starting up a company. We're still starting up. It's not really a typical week. Um, for example, once we were having a, a meeting at work, and we had a princess walk in. That's not a very typical thing. When you say princess, you mean a little girl wearing like a dress? No, I mean a real life princess. I remember seeing Have that on Facebook. Have you heard this before? You did see I, it on Facebook. I saw it on Facebook, but I was like, what? <laughs> Can, uh, you have to tell the story now. That's <laughs> okay. Um, princess from the UK. Uh, princess Beatrice is her name. And uh, her dad had visited our office, Prince Andrew, a few days before. And um, hearing that princess, I found out actually through my uncle that Princess Beatrice has uh, dyslexia. And she recently disclosed this. And I asked him, her dad, to connect him connect her to us. And it turned out she was visiting Sydney two days later. And uh, nobody knew. It wasn't like public, public knowledge. Uh, and so he arranged for her to basically come in and surprise us. And he wanted it videoed. And uh, yeah, so this princess literally just knocked on the door with a whole entourage and uh, wanted to know who, who, had, who had made this request. And after like picking myself off the floor, you know, <laughs> we, um, she sat down and wanted to know all about what we do. And yeah, now it's really behind what, what my company's doing. Wow. Well, I meet heaps of princesses all the time, so... So that's maybe that's... Yeah, that's <laughs> quite... Maybe more typical for you, but yeah, not that typical <laughs> for me. Mate, but so this... I think some of this stuff, like the, these amazing stories will come full circle when we talk a bit about your company, but let's just go back a step. So you lived in Hong Kong for a little while, and actually the first time I met you, um, I don't know if you'd remember, you came and spoke here in the evening. This is going back like 10, 12 years, and then we actually came over to Hong Kong, we visited you there. Um, yeah, so what were you doing over there? Yeah, so funny enough, I was also working for the same organization as Sarah, uh, although I was based in Hong Kong. And uh, yeah, funny enough, we were often on uh, Skype meetings together while they were in Kazakhstan, we were in Hong Kong, and I thought, I wonder if, I wonder if one day we'll get to, get to uh, yeah, live a bit more closer together. And So that's and here one blessing. Uh, so yeah, we were in Hong Kong. Uh, similarly, funny enough, we were there for 12 years as well. Um, and we're serving both for, with Crossroads, but then later we also set up our own uh, non-profit uh, in, the, in the field of autism and a specific genetic condition that causes autism called Fragile X uh, syndrome uh, that our son has. So, um, yeah, I was uh, never, I didn't grow up in Australia, I actually grew up in the UK and uh, felt from a... Okay. Don't be alarmed by the alarm. Yeah. Apparently. Don't be alarmed by the alarm. Okay. Um, it's taking me back to my university days when, whenever someone put something in the toaster too long, <laughs> the whole building had to evacuate. So, um, but yeah, I was just explaining about you know what, going to Hong Kong. That was real, a real call on my life from a young age to to serve the least and the lost, um, the poor, the marginalised, and um, yeah, that really took me to serve. In, in this nonprofit that uh, impacted uh, people in, in poverty all around the world. Um, yeah. Cool. Now, Mike actually objected to this next question because uh, the original wording was bet between coming home and starting exceptional. Uh, he said, well, home is still the UK. And I'm like, mate, as of this moment, we're officially stealing you wow. for, as an okay. Australian. So you've been stolen. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> we'll deal with all the paperwork later. But... Uh, uh, between coming to Australia and starting Exceptional, there was a bit of a journey involved there. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, we left Hong Kong in quite a different way to Sarah and Angie left uh, Kazakhstan. For us, it was um, kind of a, a sort of emergency exit button. 
uh, you know, we were, our son got to the age of going to school, and so we were, you know, starting to apply for different schools. He ended up getting rejected from 13 different schools. Uh, you know, Hong Kong is like a, a crazy competitive place, um, you know, in business, but also in education. So there's this kind of weird situation where there's, um, you know, people, are, this, the schools are it's so competitive that there's up, up to, you know, six or seven year waiting list for some schools. Uh, and even though we were kind of planning in advance, particularly for special needs education, which is where our son needed to go, there was a real, um, there was a real gap. And so, yeah, he ended up just getting turned away at multiple different schools. And so we had to move here uh, for, for the kids, really, for schooling. And so that first year that I was here, I carried on running the nonprofit that we'd set up in Hong Kong uh, and was traveling back and forward um, and running it from here, but looking for what my next step was here. And um, yeah, it was a real, real tough time. You know, I applied for something like 100 jobs uh, at the time, and, I, and it was just getting crazy, the number of things that I was coming second for. Um, and yes, quite a few people said to me, it's almost like God's saying something to you. You know, it's like he's teaching you something, which is not the kind of thing you want to hear when you're, when you're kind of just, you know, my, my wife reminded me this morning that you know, we were, we kept hearing other people saying, yeah, life's kind of same old, same old. And um, we just wanted that same old, same old. You know, we'd just kind of done this overseas thing and we wanted to, to be normal. Um, and yet God kept, kept prompting me to, to consider starting something new. Um, and my wife in particular said, but, but what about the same old? What about, what about that kind of normalness? Um, and finally, at the end of that year, um, uh, two people who'd followed us for that whole journey, in fact, even longer than that, um, basically said, uh, whatever I started, they would back it. And one of them said to me, yeah, just tell me what your dream is, and I'll, and I'll get behind that dream, which is a real, um, real amazing place to be. Um, and then it was in the midst of that that I came up for the idea of Exceptional, the business that I'm now running, uh, which is uh, placing people with autism into, into jobs helping them connect to tech companies that really need people, that have the kind of some of the, the real special ways of, of thinking, special ways of problem solving and that some, some people on the spectrum have. So, yeah, these two, two friends backed that idea and, and helped, me, helped me to get it started. But, yeah, up to that point, it was a real, a real tough year. Wow, that's amazing. So tell us more about Exceptional. Like, what's the, um, what's the origin and how's it been going? Sure. I think, yeah, one big part of the origin is my sister. So my sister has autism, and I've watched her for, yeah, she's just turned 40. So for 40 years, I've seen her struggles with, uh, with making friends, struggles particularly with finding and keeping jobs. And um, there was this one time where uh, she was working in a school as a cleaner, and um, yeah, she was one, one shift. They said to her, oh, we've, we've made a real mess of the tables. Uh, you've got to really focus on the tables this shift. And she spent the whole three-hour shift just cleaning the tables. And she didn't empty the bins. She didn't clean the teacher's desk, wipe the whiteboard. Um, and they mentioned this when they, when they basically let her go. Um, and they were trying to give her feedback. Um, and in that moment, um, I was just like blown away by how they didn't um, make any adaptation to understand her strengths. And it was about the kind of five or sixth time something like that happened to her. Um, and every other time, I'd kind of fought that instance. But in this time, I thought, right, I've had enough. I'm going to show that you can uh, start something, you know, start a business that really embraces strengths of someone like my sister, rather than focusing on and, and kind of highlighting her challenges, her, the tough things. Um, and, and actually, I'm like, you know, someone needs to, needs to show that you can do this. So that was kind of where it started. Um, and how's it going? Like, any cool stories? 
uh, cool story. The princess one is one. Is one. <laughs> I asked my daughter like that 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 question uh, a couple of days ago, and she said, "I'll oh, tell them about Google." Uh, so I prefer to talk about some of the people that that we've impacted. So I'll, I'll tell one of those stories, but uh, yeah, I, I need to tell the Google story as well. It's such a good story. Uh, so yeah, about six months ago. I mean, eight months ago, we found about this this award that um, was worth a million dollars to back uh, social enterprises or nonprofits with a really good idea. Um, and so, at that time, we've just been interviewing you know people on the spectrum to place them into jobs, and we found it was really hard to get the best out of people. Um, yeah, we had one guy who, to be honest, we weren't even sure what he would work for. You know, he'd be appropriate for one of our client organizations. He really didn't. Uh, he wasn't very confident. He, it was a cold day, so he put on pretty much all of his winter coats. He kind of looked like a homeless person. Um, and we, we actually, you know, we thought, you know, we're not sure if this person's going to work with our client, but he had these kind of tech skills, um, particularly languages that mapped what they needed. Um, and so, um, I'm going off a bit of a tangent, but I'll, I'll keep telling this guy's story. Basically, he ended up getting in the mark for the top 1% for this, this billion-dollar tech firm that he got placed with. Um, but that instance you know, showed us that interviews just don't work for people with autism. And so we thought, what if Google could put a million dollars behind s helping us step up uh, some of the... We started to use some games and activities to assess people. How they could help us take that to a whole new level. Um, and so, yeah, things went on. We got through various hoops with, with Google, and suddenly we were down to the last 10. Um, and they said, uh, that for, the, for the, the four people that win this million dollars, you either get it through votes or through the judges um, panel. Um, so we did everything we could to get votes. Um, you know, I, I stood up at the front of the, the, the morning service for, for a couple of minutes to, to plead with everyone to vote for us. And so many people told me that they were. Um, and then in the end, we actually won one of the judges awards. Um, so on the night, yeah, I, I, I pitched before, before this, uh, this really rigorous panel, it included the chief scientists of Australia. I didn't actually know that Australia had a chief scientist before then. <laughs> Um, but I guess all the scientists got together and decided he was the best. Um, and then one of the former, Morris Yemmer, the former Premier of New South Wales, was on the panel. And um, yeah, so I, I um, yeah, stood up and had 90 seconds. Uh, you think quick fire round that we've just had. I had 90 seconds. That meant each second was worth $11,000. <laughs> you know, no pressure or anything. Um, and yeah, yeah somehow, somehow we got selected as one of the four. Um, it was so that was a pretty amazing thing. But yeah, one of the stories that I told in those 90 seconds, uh, and it, it took me about four days of practice to be able to tell it quick enough. Uh, so it, I've already gone over 90 seconds talking about him now. But was somebody that we um, were interviewing for a job down in Melbourne to be placed with with Telstra. And um, in the, in a, when I first met him, I asked him, uh, you know, "Would you like to introduce yourself?" And he said, "No." Okay. Um, and then I, you know, I dug a bit more, but it turned out he was very, very uncomfortable when he first meets people. It was almost non-verbal in an interview setting. Um, but we put him through some of the, the early technology that Google's now funding and you know, backing with their money. Um, and what he could do with a computer just you know, blew me away. Uh, and it turned out that the, the person, the department he was getting placed in, his, his new manager, or potential manager at that stage, actually had a nephew with autism. And so, yeah, he totally got what we were doing. He totally was willing to, um, to look at new ways to communicate other than verbal, you know, writing things down as he was explaining them. Um, and this guy ended up getting a job, getting the job, one of the several people in that program. Um, and 
Yeah, it really, that's what really motivates me to see people that, that you know, like my sister, that think differently, um, that struggle with the normal ways of, of getting jobs. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a, one of my favorite verses is from Zephaniah. Um, you know, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. And he'll quiet you with your love um, and, and rejoice over us with singing. You know, I, I kind of, that reminds me of that value that God placed on each, each person, each individual. Um, and yet, yeah, before we started this organization, we were seeing so many people that were just, by society, being left behind. Uh, and at the end of that, that night with Google, we had the top Google staff member who, who across the room, you know, thanked me. I don't think, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not a Christian. I don't think he has any faith. I really don't know. But he said, thank you for helping Google to see uh, people that are on the fringes and marginalized by society in a whole new way. He was almost like maybe unknowingly speaking about God's, God's heart for the, f- the poor. Wow, that's amazing. How good. Um, cool. Well, just, just two more questions. Um, and we're a little over time, so um, apologies for that. Okay. Um, but so speed up. first one, so for, for anyone who's got that kind of, you know, like you've really taken a, quite an entrepreneurial um, approach to this life on mission thing. Um, what would you say to anyone who, who um, you know, feels that tug to start something? Yeah. Um, I would say it's, it's a really hard journey. Mm. It's really tough, particularly that, that early period. So I wouldn't do it just because you're bored. But if you've got some, if you really feel it's got, God's got something on your heart, particularly if, like, like I just talked about, there's a problem you see and no one else is doing, doing it, and you're so, you've, you're like, you've got to fix that problem, that is, I think, the, the, what you really need. And if you particularly feel God's pushing you in that, then, yeah, I'd say... I'd say go for it and happy to talk, happy to, to share other, more one-on-one what I've learned if anyone, anyone here is in that position. Yeah, awesome. And final question, just to bring it up full circle for this evening, this phrase we've got on the screen, life on mission, um, what does that mean for you? Um, yeah, I, one of my favorite speakers over in the UK is a guy called Jay John. You know, he often says that um, mission isn't, I'm going to forget the phrase now, but it's not someone, a missionary isn't someone who crosses the sea, it's someone who sees the cross. And uh, I've often held on to that, in, whether I was in the UK living there, I lived in the US for a couple of years, in Hong Kong, you know, really serving on, on a kind of by faith method, or whether I'm here now running a business. You know, each stage, I think if you're running after the Jesus and the cross, you know, you're going to see, um, you're going to see opportunities to, to share your faith. You know, we've just started a, some friend, a friend of mine just started a, a sort of mission group in the very building that I'm working in, you know, for tech entrepreneurs and, and developers working who are, who are Christians um, and seeing that group grow and, and share their faith. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, it is, it is, can be tough in places where people feel like they've heard it all before. Um, but yeah, we're seeing, seeing particularly in the tech, tech space, people that are, have real lows and real highs. Um, there's a number of, of Christians Christian's there, and um, yeah, it's a really, really inspiring place to be. Well, mate, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Before we let you go, um, we're going to pray for you because, um, you know, um, it's, it's been amazing kind of seeing you on this journey. And, like, I remember um, you, that you came into the office I was working at um, when you just got back from Hong Kong, and I remember you, you know, doing interview after interview and just, I'm like, oh, I wonder what God's got lined up. And just seeing what he did was just like, wow. Mm. Um, so we want to pray for you. Um, me, but also our whole community. So thank you. We'll, we'll do the hands thing again. Um, Lord, I just want to thank you so much for the courage of my brother Mike um, and that he, he's been willing to do the hard yards 
um, to, to, to build something incredible um, for your kingdom. So, Lord, we just, uh, we, we stand together as we say, Lord, bless Exceptional. Bless the work they're doing. Bless Mike and his family. Um, Lord, I just want to pray for boundless energy for these guys um, as they, they push into something that no one's really done before and trying to solve a problem that no one's really solved before. Um, and, Lord, we just want to ask that in every way that your king would break in through Mike's life and through the work he's doing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, mate. Thank you. We give Mike a massive round of applause. How good. I'm sorry for keeping us a little bit over time, but I think it was worth hearing these guys' stories uh, in full. So good. Um, as a church community, we love to pray. Um, so uh, I, I, there's just, just a few things, and then we're going to um, officially head out to supper. But um, first of all, if either of uh, Sarah's or Mike's stories have really touched you, if, you're, um, if, you just, if you've heard these stories and you're like, man, I want that. Like, I want to I wanna have that kind of courage, or I want to have the um, the guts to be able to um, meet and pray for people in the street, um, then come forward, uh, get prayer, grab someone who um, looks like they know what they're doing and, and get some prayer. Um, also, um, just one of the things that I, I think really inspired me um, that God spoke to me during Mike's um, share is just the the heart for the marginalized and people whose society kind of pushes to the side because they're too hard. Um, so if you have a heart for... Um, to, to see people um, brought in and included, then I, I'd love for you to get some prayer as well. Um, but I'm just going to, I'm going to pray um, and then we're going to wrap up. So Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that um, when it comes to doing this life on a mission thing, um, that you, you showed us how to do it. Um, Lord, when you came to earth, you showed us what it means to live missionally. And so um, in your son Jesus' name, Lord, I just pray that you would give us that gift, that you would um, bring us all into missional lives. Lord, that we would be a community of people who impact the world around us in every way for your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.